Hello. Welcome. To We did. We did. All right. Endorphin out. Or endorphin in, and then they're like hitting you and doing a thing. Oh, my serotonin SSRI right now. Oh my god. Not inhibited. Throwbacks to last cast. Right? We talked about SSRI. You talked about the reuptake inhibitors. I did. These are You did an exquisite job. Thank you so much. It was a good podcast. We have another guest today. Yeah, we. So, I do want to introduce my friend, Teresa. You want to uh, tell us a little bit about you? Yeah. Um, so, exactly like you said, I moved away. Um, been gone about 10 years now. Wow. Back. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's just similar enough that it makes me feel um, nostalgic to be back, especially now it's in the fall. Um, I... I'd always connected such positive memories. I didn't realize existed. Like what? Um, like the smell of green chili, like roasting green chili in the air, the colors um, in the bosque, being able to see all of that. Um, if you all are fortunate enough to have superhuman hearing, you get to see my dogs in the background. <laughs> um, but, and being able to share that with them, going on like walking trails and yeah. stuff like that. So there was just so much as I was growing up here that I didn't, uh, that I definitely took advantage of. And so working through being back here and embracing all of those pieces, um, re-embracing those pieces. So do you feel like, um, like being away and living in other places and doing other things? Um, obviously our brains get used to like what's going on in other places. And so you adjust to social systems and, communities and all the things and so being back here especially being gone for as long as you were do you find that that's kind of challenging to reconnect either with the community or establish a community here 100% okay (laughs) I I am really good at creating community here in Mexico and so if it's a place I've moved either if it's in a significant way if I know it's going to be in a transient way I keep to myself about that Um, and I'm intentional about how I um, show up in the space. Yeah. So I will seek out community events um, just to feel community, but maybe not get to know folks. And yeah. so coming back here, having some sense of community, like I still have like close friends who still live in this area, uh, but then there are new things. They have had a life over the last 10 years, it seems. And sure, they like they've evolved and changed. Yeah. changed. They grew. They feel like more community. And they don't just <laughs> um, to be at my back and forth. So that has been an adjustment. Um, sure. And I also don't find myself um, like wanting to build just yet. As, as I talked about um, a little bit before reconnecting with, with my upbringing and the last time that I was here for, you know, a good chunk of my life. Um, I'm, I'm really more focusing on unpacking that kind of stuff. So that's fair. Getting yourself situated in your new space. Nesting and things like that. And it's where I'm less looking for, like, new, fun, flirty integration the way that I would in maybe living in other places. Um, I told myself I'd never come back here. And yeah. so uh, taking all of that with, with a grain of salt. 
do you feel like um, as you're kind of reintegrating into a community that you know, like you being different has definitely given you an opportunity to, like you said, just address some of the more emotional things and, and uh, nest and, and settle in a different way. Whereas like, if you go to a tangential community or you're in something for six months or whatever, you want to jump it, like jump in and experience the culture and build community and, and kind of have that experience. Whereas like this time, it sounds like you're being a little bit gentler with yourself. 100%. So I, um, folks that know me, um, like are familiar with my vibrant energy. Um, <laughs> and that is definitely something I find myself subduing a bit more. Um, like maybe holding yourself back? No. Okay. I just, it's like when you're, when you've got a good friend who you can just sit on the couch with and watch movies and just hang out. Yeah. Because you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be going out and getting ready and doing the things and, you know, photos and social media and all that stuff. Yeah. You're just chilling. And so I think that that's where I am when I come back here is like, I don't, I don't find myself called to do those things um, mm-hmm. as outwardly as I would in a tangential community as you were describing. Got you. So I feel good about it. Awesome. I think I'll, maybe maybe I'll get there, maybe I won't, Like, but I, I'm embracing this. It sounds like you're in a transitionary courtship, right? You just transitioned here from another seat. You just purchased your home. Congratulations. This is, you know, this is a big deal. This is like a huge developmental milestone like mm-hmm. that you're still growing in. It makes sense to me that you'd move. I transitioned. Now I've got a root. But you can't just nest without, like, actually, like, rooting down into your establishment. Because I just went through this whole thing with buying a house, like, a year ago. And I was like, I talk to no one now. I just stay at home and, like, rearrange all my shit. Yeah. Like, I literally, and it wasn't just because it was, like, a pandemic. It was just because I wanted to be home and I wanted to be, like, making my space my own and really rooting into it, nesting it, feathering it, loving it, getting used to it, getting mm. all the things. And then you shifted your career because right. you moved here. So you've got that adjustment going on as right. well. So it sounds like time like right now for you is like rooting, growing, nesting, reestablishing yeah. it, all that shit can come later. Friends yeah. can come later, but like it sounds like you're just really taking care of yourself. And I love that. You're welcome. <laughs> I always feel that way. Well, Isn't it weird to, like, be all feeling hashtag adulting? It's like, what the fuck? Like, why? When did this happen to me? All of a sudden, I want to, my idea of a Friday night is, like, hanging out and rearranging my knickknacks, not going to the launch pad and seeing a concert. I yes. don't know what the fuck has happened to me. <laughs> it's a very different pace than yeah. what I'm used to, and um, that is, you know, one of the reasons that I'm here because of the adjustment of the pace. Right. And so that's, thank you. I do that with a lovely transition. Yeah. Um, so part of our conversation um, this weekend was really kind of feeling um, that you, you felt, and, and this is just kind of my experience of that, is that you felt like you weren't doing any of it well. Right. And so um, I think in that adjustment period and certainly in, reestablishing yourself in a place that you're familiar with. Um, it's difficult because on the one hand you want to feel connected to it and part of it. And then on the other hand, you're like, I'm a whole different human and I don't know how to do all of this. 
Um, so tell me a little bit about kind of where your headspace was at, and then kind of we'll get into the conversation that we had. Was at? Uh, on Sunday when we were hanging out. <laughs> um, like you do when right. you're emotional yeah exactly um and sleep deprived and so I found myself uh more emotionally vulnerable because of my sleep deprivation and among other things and so I was feeling a bit hopeless not completely out of hope but less than <laughs> less than optimal yeah, hope our capacity was running low yeah um so I felt like I couldn't manage, I wasn't managing well enough um, because I'm so used to, I've become accustomed to um, both in, in my work and in my relationships and in my personal growth, um, this pace, yeah. um, quick pace. And so I am intentionally slowing down my pace um, from, you know, an emotional capacity um to really exactly like how I was saying root down um and you know get more intuitive get curious about what what it's like to be in my own body um because I spent I have spent a lot of my life uh feeling overstimulated and finding the traction or movement mobility transience whatever you want to call it so much more comfortable than just existing in my own body. Um, so I love that you said that because a lot of times we do as humans, if it gets emotionally uncomfortable or if it gets like too deep or hard, we want to run away. And it doesn't sound like you were running away, but you were just running, right? You were moving forward because that's part of and also well, can't catch you if you're moving forward. That's true. <laughs> None of that shit can catch up to you. But I also think like part of what happens as emotionally evolving humans is if we stay still for too long and it gets quiet, then the chatter of our heads gets so overwhelming that we just want to shut it down. We've talked, you and I have talked a lot about in our anxious brain, like our best defense to that is doing, yeah. right? Like we are doers uh, and we've used that phrase a lot. But I think the other piece too is, and uh, just want to highlight now, we are at three generations at this table right now, um, which I love because you and I are the X and the Zennial, um, and Teresa is a millennial. How old are you, Teresa? I love that for you. Mm-hmm. I um, believe that there are 10 years differentiation between you're 20, I'm 38. I'm 48. There it is. <laughs> What's up, number game? We're <laughs> the dickies on the Zenial tonight. Right? Well, here's the time other piece. Safe. What? Time is safe. It's not real. <laughs> it's a fucking, anyway, blue pill. We're in a simulation. Yep. <laughs> um, so I mean, really thinking about that and then talking about kind of where you were, right? So obviously we've talked about when we're anxious, we just want to keep moving and I don't want to get in my own head about it. Cause if I do, then I'll have to fucking deal with the feelings that come up. Well, they're hard. And you know, as we continue to evolve emotionally, um, this will be a, a little bit gender biased, but it's, it's also just gender information. Um, so when you, what I heard you say is what you were, t- what you were going through 
is really trying to be good at all the things that you're attempting, right? While also slowing down and dealing with the chatter in your head. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that you had mentioned when we were um, walking was really feeling as though you were not doing any of it well. And so what is on the list of things that you are doing? Okay. Is that like part of your job or whatever? Okay. I think that growth and development, mentorship, and things like that is something that's really important to me, both in work and out of work. Yeah. And so I find myself working and tinkering with the ideas of how I can be better at it, be more inclusive at it. Um, yeah make measurable success and <laughs> right. so uh, that's a piece I want to support um you know my fellow departments at work and mm -hmm. so being able to be a strong partner for each of those different departments um I am noticing that my relationship to food has been slipping okay. um so I I work hard I don't play much and then I also don't eat and then I also don't sleep and so <laughs> Um, there's opportunity for balance. We acknowledge yeah, that. Sure. Um, so those things. And then I have two dogs. Okay. Um, so being able to be a strong advocate support, um, to enrich their lives the way that they enrich mine. Yeah. Um, this idea of connecting, investing in relationships. I, um, because I'm such a transient human being, I have lots of friends in different places mm -hmm. and wanting to make sure that they feel valued and cared for um, as a true display of my own affection and invest a little bit of a Christian I can help them be them their best selves and that's always how they see myself the best self. Oh, the awareness is yeah. there, and um, it doesn't change it. Turns out, your right. awareness is very solid, and that's the first thing. So it's change is making that awareness, acknowledging it, and then you action step that shit. Make a plan. We talk about that a lot we here do. in terms of like. And when we acknowledge out loud for ourselves and certainly with, you know, our guests and, and people and our listeners too, just like recognizing we are not good at life 100% of the time. We are good at life. Fair. Same. But really recognizing like there is an opportunity with that awareness and certainly with reflection and talking to our friends and talking to people that we love to be like, um, I'm sucking at this. And you know, Kat, that I am not the best at tapping somebody in. Yeah, you never do. Actually, not never. appreciate that I see like your growth and like you reach out and that was a goal you set and it so was I see you actualizing and making steps towards that goal so thank you yeah thank you you do it now, <laughs> do it now. 
I do. I do. And I'm doing it better. And, um, and so that was part of our conversation. Um, and so, you know, one of the awarenesses that I came to was, um, and, and it's so interesting because I think when, when I have these conversations with my friends, with my people, um, really kind of not in a counseling way, um, but in a, let me just reflectively listen. Um, one of the things that you and I had talked about, Teresa, is that I recognize from myself, and then Kat, you and I talked about it, that our brains developmentally and evolutionarily as women um, is very multitask oriented. Yes, absolutely. On the plains of never, never far two billion years ago, male sat, and their 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 role was to watch the animals, hunt the animals, kill the animals. One task at one, a time. One thing, though. That's what they did. That was their day in. So they were the hunters of the hunter gatherers. Yep. Watch, right? Yep. And women's roles within that hunter gatherer society. Their role was much different. Sure, right? absolutely. And that assignment probably came from like genetic composition of men are bigger and have more muscle and they yep. can lug that dead thing back and feed everybody. Awesomeness. But women, we had to watch the old people. We had to watch the children. We had to remember last year, those nuts that were so good were located over there. And those mushrooms over there killed Sally. So we're not going <laughs> to eat those ones again. And the babies, if they touch that shit, they're going to die. Right. Oh, I got to take care of the old people. I got to take care of the babies. Now I have to do the little livestock that we have. Now we have gardens. I got to go root. Absolutely. And, and our brains continue to evolve even, you know, like let's say 50 years ago, mm-hmm. right? None of us are part of that generation, but definitely when we stayed home, we were meal planning, we were yeah. child rearing, we were, you know, networking, we were all of those things. And so our brains do that. We have been societally hardwired, but also evolutionarily hardwired into multitasking. Now, the three generations at this table are all career-driven, successful women. My my nurture mothering part is done uh, from that, you know, early time. Um, but I was telling you that, like, I was not a nurturing mom. Like, I just, I was a very task-oriented, let's get this shit done mom. Um, and part of that was because I was nurturing since I was 10, so it was just done. I was done with it. But my brain has often, and certainly as an adult, worked from a male one thing compartmentalized perspective. And so really uh, what I asked you was, how do men do it? And what did you say? Exactly. Mm-hmm. They compartmentalize. Focus on one thing at a time. You are at work. That is what you are doing. That is your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is your moment. We're not messaging people. We're not checking this. We're checking that. We're working. Yeah. But you're building. But I know it sounds gross. I know. <laughs> I just said the most wildly <laughs> totally dirty things. But let's look at work and let's break that down into a task analysis. So you said you wanted to build community and be better management and you wanted talent acquisition and talent improvement and you said you wanted to network with other departments within your facility and you wanted to do all of those things, right? And those are all work things. 
And those are work things that you do when you're primarily focused and engaged and you're observing what's happening in the work zone and you're not distracted by, oh, I'm building community outside with my friends and I'm making plans to go do this. And I'm thinking about all the things that I'm not doing at home for my dogs right now. And I'm feeling the guilt and shame about not doing those things for my dogs right now. Because as you go down that spiral, um, my brain is not engaged in work and building talent acquisition and building the, it just, it takes that away. So I'm not saying like, go to work and like plug it all out, but be observant in the work setting. Open your mind to like, this is the things that are going on here. Now I'm just going to be an observer of all the things that are going on. because I'm going to absorb all this because I'm going to fucking change it by putting quiz into quiz and building community and all the good things. So you got actually what we talked about, right? Yes, you have to absorb it though and be actually present within the compartmentalization of just of work the work to be able then to see what's going on understand what's going on look at all peel those layers of that onion off because there are so many dynamics right to then be able to start to build capacity to network then to hear what the problems are in this department and the problems are in that and then all of a sudden one day it comes to you like well i think i need to go get a certification with this and then you go do that and then you bring it back to work and then you implement the plan and you're like bam shit i'm God, why am I so goddamn good at life? You know what I mean? At work. At work because you're just going to take on that eight hours and that eight hours at one time. <laughs> 10, 12, 14, whatever it is. I, I do a long day. <laughs> you do, but I mean, does that make sense? See what I just think of that. Um, so I am, I would like to acknowledge how, like, mostly good I am at that. Yeah. Um, and how it has eaten into the other parts of my life. For sure. And so that's kind of, that's where that shame and guilt piece is coming in, is really recognizing and acknowledging, like, I can actually do this part really, really well when I'm doing this part. But what I feel is that the rest of it is going to shit. Yeah. When you say, you know, being, I'm not feeling shame about what I'm not doing for my dogs and things like that, is that, like, fortunately for me, I am a superhuman and I can feel shame about work when I'm not at work and then feel shame about my personal life when I'm at work. So, yeah, so you can have your shame super- blanket. <laughs> you can do all the shame. You're so good at that. But I also think that that's also a female quality. Not exclusively, and I'm not trying to get the market on it, but I do recognize that society has created a shame monster on women specifically. Right. And we're supposed to do it all well. And, and we're supposed to just love the fact that we are smile. doing all of it. Right. And look cute. Smile. Smile. <laughs> smile. Can you just smile? Smile about it. I feel like good enough so nobody sees a real pretty baby face of me not smiling through it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is compartmentalize that shame but again it is it's putting it in little pretty packages and saying you know what these are the things that I'm focusing on and I'm going to set my boundaries around it because the more we absorb too the more we're like that's not my job that's actually not my job that's not my role you're asking me to do this because you're not getting that advocacy part so when we start to advocate for ourselves we start to grow right and we start to say hey no 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 I'm not working fucking 14 hours a day anymore you guys can suck my dick (laughs) anyway Exactly, but in order to establish those boundaries, you gotta get rid of the shame and the guilt 
focused place of these are the things that are working. These are the things that need improvement, right? If you're working 14 hours a day or whatever, I'm just saying. Um, you're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Shit. Um, because I've lived in that. I lived in that in my late 20s and my early 30s when I was deciding that I was going to be a director of a state agency and was on track for that. And I was like, this is great and I can do everything perfectly and I'm doing Deb's job and I'm doing Gary's job and I'm doing Beth's job and I'm building program and I'm doing all these things. And you know what happened to me at 33? I bottomed the fuck out. I quit my job and I went to go work for the school so I would be forced into having a balanced life because I could not compartmentalize myself. I could not slow me down. I am perfect. I take care of everything and I'm the best at fucking everything I touch. I'm the Midas touch. I am a super superhuman and I have all the validation and confirmation that this is my life. I'm going to get really emotional. I know. I see that. And I just had to say, but I am not living my life. I came home and my pots and pans had cobwebs on them. My dogs all of a sudden have gray hair. And I was like, I am missing living. This is bullshit. I need to do something to change it because my life is just going to be, oh, all these things I did at work and I'm not going to actually have a life. Exactly. I was not actively participating in the life that I was with creating. And I still went out and socialed. I still went out and did things. I still went out. I was just, I was exhausted. I was overweight. I was overwhelmed. I was living in a shame spiral of all the things I wasn't doing, even though I was doing 5,000 things perfectly, but I just wasn't doing these things. And that's what I got to focus on and beat the fuck out of myself about. And I napalmed my life at 33. I got a divorce. I got a career change. And I became a nomadic human to just let it all go and figure out who the fuck I was and what would make me happier. But I found a job that forced the balance in my life because I know me and I will not let go of it. I will not let go of it. I am so defined by my career. I was so defined by my education. I was so defined by all of these things were, that were, now I look at it like, fuck, none of that shit defines me. Who am I? I'm a good person. I'm a caring person. I'm a family member. I'm a community member. I'm a friend. I'm a resource. I am all these things. And that's really cool. But I don't ever say like, yeah, I'm a good worker. No, that shit doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. So the more you give and the more you concede and the less you have of those boundaries. Concede. Huh? Concede. Thank you. <laughs> Socialization. <laughs> I know, right? But I love that that, that was your evolution. That was my evolution and it took an extreme career shift and a total 180 on goals and being like, you know what? I'm just going to be. But even on your life, right? Like yeah. we talk, you and I have talked a lot about like your divorce and walking away from all, all the it. things that you thought you wanted. And they worked so fucking hard for it. The big, beautiful house, like this, the that, the, you know, all those materialistic things that didn't make me any happier or any better of a person. Didn't make me a better friend. Didn't make me a better sister. Didn't make me anything other than what was in my own head, which was just made me. It made you unhappy. It made me unhappy, though. In my head, I thought I was choosing happiness. Yeah. I was like, once I get to here, I'll be happier. Once I'm making this much money, I'll be happier. Once I have this house, I'll be happier. Once I drive that car. I have a sports car. I have a gorgeous house. I had all of it. I was the most miserable and happy person I'd ever met in my entire life. And the sad thing was that nobody knew that because I didn't share that with anyone. Like that wasn't something I talked about because I've got to be perfect. I've got to spin all the hats. And I was miserable. 
and I had suicidal ideation frequently and was like, I don't know how to escape this life that I've created. Because then there was guilt and shame about that. Then there was guilt and shame about that shit. Right. I couldn't leave it. Like, that's the only answer. Well, and that's the thing is you make your grand escape plan. You napalm it or you plan it out. I just did the pull the rug under myself because I knew there was no way I could make an actual plan. Because how could I give up all this, like, all this capacity? How could I give up this life? How could I, how, how could you work so hard and just walk away from all it all? Well, you can. And it was magical for me. I just blew it all up. But I also, <laughs> the compartmentalization piece is significant, right? Like, um, you've known me for a while. And so you know that I very much compartmentalize a lot of my life. And I have my friends and I have my travel and I have my family. Um, Even my marriage was compartmentalized. We've talked about that on the podcast. Like there's so much of my life and I I am very much, um, my brain works like a dude. It just does. And it always has, which means that I uh, struggle with the soft and cuddly sometimes. (laughs) Uh, But I also keep myself, you know, as an island and all the things. Um, So really recognizing that compartmentalization works, but there is also a, we have to superimpose that emotional part of ourselves and not just live in the shame and guilt. though those are emotions to be able to find joy and peace and comfort and love in all these other ways. And so you were also talking about like really recognizing your blessings and gifts. Tell me a little bit about that. You were talking about like feeling especially in the relationships that you have, that you do have love and you do have validation. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I'm going to get on to another thing. Well, look at me go. <laughs> I, had, uh, I do. I have so much love in my life. Um, Sorry. Um, I'm so grateful to, to have an amazing support system I have in my entire life and uh, to have a lot of pride that exists in my cohort of humans <laughs> and that that has that I stand on the, the the shoulders of giants um and somehow which sounds like kinship to my new friend cat here is that <laughs> somehow I still am finding myself discontented and underutilized um and all of these this this lack right yeah and so it's amazing how intentional mindful I am about so many other pieces of grace and investment that I give to other people Mm -hmm. to to live in abundance Mm -hmm. um and I I practice that in you know in manifestation of you you speak in abundance you live in abundance Mm -hmm. and you have everything you you say you have everything you need you feel that and you do um and somewhere in there um the structure that i put myself in the workspace uh is different it is different and difficult for me to be able to live in abundance there okay i very much am acknowledging in this moment that i am living in lack there yeah. And I don't, everything is a choice and we don't have to live in lack anywhere. And if I can manifest it by saying money is no object to my happiness, um, <laughs> then, 
then my task list is no object to my capacity or to my ability or my my own boundaries and things like that. Um, and I tell people regularly, which is another thing that we talked about on this walk, is really this is just a walk of of Stella looking at me and telling me, hi, you already do this. Um, you do this for other people every single day. Um, I train on root cause analysis, uh, which involves, you know, deep diving into systems to provide support for creating sustainable corrective actions and system optimization. Mm-hmm. And right now my system is not optimized. Mm-hmm. And somehow like I like the system that is set us up. Yes, is not optimized. Um and I am I am grasping at the simple solutions rather than the complex solutions and therefore it's band-aids, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um it's reactive. Exactly. It's reactive to like the going through I think engage myself as a symptom of my system, as mm-hmm. a symptom of my environment, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so if I build better systems, then I, I so I work in um, safety and I am engaging folks around how can we have a safer environment? Um, you're the expert in your own experience. Please share with me how you believe you'd be able to do this role the best, mm-hmm. the easiest, the most efficient, and the most safe. Yeah. Um, and so using that as a platform for myself to say, hey, human, I see that you're doing your best with the systems that you have in place. Um, it seems like it's not working out great for you right now, um, as evidenced by you crying in sprouts. Um, in the- <laughs> And so let's maybe take a step back um, and look at what those systems are. Let's, you know, let's not get too deep into the weeds. Like, let's, I am also a very big list maker. I'm a very big system maker as it is. And so I can very easily, once again, superhuman, very easily shame myself into having too much to do. Um, So I need to have that you know, childlike curiosity about um, simplifying my own life um, and what truly brings me contentment and peace. Uh, my mentor, one of my mentors uh, recently asked me, hey, are you, are you happy in your job? And I was like, I don't know what, I, I don't subscribe to happiness. Um, that is not something that I find myself reaching for, which I'm grateful for. Very much validation from you on that. Thank you. You didn't know you did that for me, but (laughs) (laughs) I I don't subscribe to happiness. Um, It's not sustainable in my opinion. At least it hasn't been um, in in my experience. And so I don't subscribe to it. Um, I'm not chasing it. I'm not looking for it. I'm looking for peace. Um, And I love that too. Because I talk to clients a lot about like happiness is like you said, it's unsustainable. It is fleeting and it's often when we have it, but the concept of creating happiness in like work and relationships and all those things is an unrealistic expectation. The goal should be to create contentment and peace. Am I content most of the time? <laughs> they're going to be like fighting. Um, they're not fighting. They're playing. Yeah. But I love that your goal is peace. Mm-hmm. So when you're 
whoever your mentor asked you, are you happy in your job? And you were like, I don't subscribe to that. How did that rest of that conversation yeah, go? I wanna know how uh, yeah, she was a little bit confused. Um, and a bit taken aback. Uh, so if you haven't noticed, Isabel. you, um, excuse me, if you haven't noticed, I am a, I'm very direct. Yeah. Um, and I, I process on the fly. Um, and I'm very intentional about my words. And so she was surprised that I said that. Um, <laughs> she was taken aback. Um, she was like, uh, typically when you ask someone if they're happy, it's, I, I suppose anyway, I don't know how their human experience is, but um, maybe they say yes or no. Maybe they, Standard you know, statement is yes. Yeah, there's like, no. it's kind of like, how are you? Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm fine. Well, fine. Not, and I, once again, I don't subscribe to this surface level type shit. So, right. right. Um, when you go so with honest and direct. Exactly. So, um, she was like, ah, uh, I'm like, I was like, I don't subscribe to happiness. Um, I, uh, I think uh, there's better words to use the way that I am experiencing my role currently. Um, underutilized, as I described uh you know challenged in the ways that I don't believe are helpful for my own growth um do I find satisfaction in my role partially uh so I think that there's a lot of like spectrum places where I'm at um am I considering leaving like mildly um <laughs> and that was also probably not I mean with evidence that I gave her was a likely outcome of how that conversation was gonna go um but I think because I'm such a nomadic human, yeah. uh, that I am always looking for opportunities, yeah. always looking for networking and building that. And so, for sure, if you ask if I'm leaving, like maybe, like that's a possibility. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we ended up getting to the other end of it, and uh, they were appreciative that I, I didn't use that. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I, I haven't used in a long time. It's it's it feels fairy tale. Yeah, but I love that again. You're you're not running. You're sitting in it, and even though it's uncomfortable, you're willing to give yourself the opportunity to work through it. And also be candid with the people around me. Yep. I think is another piece. Um, I'm grateful to have mentors in my life who support me and advocate for me, who are willing to who communicate support to me as well, um, so that I don't have to. In, in the workplace, right? I don't have to play uh, smiley customer service all of the time. Is yeah. that I am going through it. This is tough. I would like resources in the following ways. And I, once again, like, I am really good at that in the workplace. I am really good at advocating. I, I am a natural people manager. Um, I am, you know, the cattle dog of the, <laughs> of the community that I'm in currently, yeah. um, wrangling and, and setting folks up. And so in the workplace, I can advocate for my team to say they're not doing that. That's not in their lane. Um, or, you know, when calls come out to us to do something, uh, yes, have you looped in the department that actually can help you? Yep. Um, thank you. You really got like the boundaries. And, right. Uh, and so carrying that into my personal life, um, like I said, this walk was really just like, hi, hello, uh, just take a look in the mirror when you are at work um, and carry those things rather than carrying your work home with you, carrying the concepts that you're employing um, for to find better success and, and contentment. I love that. Great. We have about five more minutes. 
I want to acknowledge that, um, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Uh, and thank you, Kat, for sharing and, and being vulnerable. Um, you almost got a cry out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, you know, part of our goal in doing a podcast is to really have these alternative voices and, mm-hmm. and different generations and different perspectives and being really honest and real with ourselves so that we can give that to our listeners. Um, and so thank you to for coming on and talking about that. Um, I know that, and, and you know that when you and I go camping or go on a walk or whatever, like we get deep, we are very much direct and honest humans. So we love that in our guests. Um, but taking that opportunity to really look at not subscribing to happiness but seeking out peace. Cause that's what I tell my clients often, because once you gather enough peace, you'll do anything to manage and maintain that. Yes. But once it's there, you're like, people fight through it. And you're like, no, you're not going to fuck up my peace. Yeah. I'm you're not giving not gonna, that to you. I'm not going to give you that power in my life. Fuck you. Fuck off. Right. For sure. It becomes a wall. That being said, if our own internal voice, and we talk a lot about our self-talk, is fucking with our peace. Yeah. Then that's where we need to get a little gentler. So not fuck you, fuck off. No. But maybe checking in with with whatever part of ourselves is showing up, right? Wherever that shame and guilt is Mm -hmm. and treating that with a little bit more kindness. And yes. Checking. Okay. Um, and once again, came up against the ego and was like, "That's not helpful." Mm. Um, and you know, making a conscious effort to—it's one thing to spar with your ego and be mean, mm-hmm. um, putting that energy out into the world, um, which continues to feed the shame monster. Yeah. Um, versus, that's not helpful. I love that. As opposed to fuck you, fuck off. I mean, might be a tonal opportunity. <laughs> okay, so then how did you come down from that? Um, I learned that I learned this morning actually that I, uh, if I listen to music, um, okay. that I'm able to wind my brain down because I'm focusing on one thing. Um, and so I focus on that, the music and I maybe get into some loops there, find something like that along the way and I'm able to slip back into sleep. Okay. Um, so that is, I'm going to try that on in a new house of fire. Um, 
because I love music. I love so many different types of music. I love learning about it. You have it. the most eclectic musical taste. I love that. Um, so being able to do that rather than have to get music from, you know, Shane, is it Shane Social Archives? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I learn something out of it, and I, I have something once I get to, like, share with the world or with my people and um, and in that time or not. And so I still am putting good goodness out into the world um, without making it an assignment. For some reason, music is not a way that I is a way that I can express myself. And I asked someone recently, you have to tell me if I'm, I, this is overwhelming. And I was like, and then I walked myself back and was like, like, I am so sorry to send you too much good music. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, no, keep it coming. There is going to be a time where someone's like, can you please stop sending me such good music? Overwhelming for me. Because I'm also not looking for a response. Like I'm not no. looking for you to tell me that it's good. I know that it's good. And I know that I know that you're gonna like it. Right. Um You're not seeking the validation. No. Right. And so, you know, another thing we talked about on this talk and is the spaces that I find myself most happy. Yeah. Um, and when I'm working out and when I'm sharing music. Yep. And when you're showing up for other people. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a, in an intuitive, like, not Kobe, not expecting it kind of place. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is spreading, spreading that abundance, right? Yeah. Right. For sure. I love that. And I love that you are working on fact-checking. I love the idea of being gentler with yourself yeah. and finding that gentle voice. Um, I talk a lot about when we're doing our inner child work and really recognizing that we're coming from a place of fear or a place of lack or whatever. How would you talk to that? smaller version of yourself yeah so this um it's funny that you say that because it's not just it's not helpful but also um this idea around inner child work of i know that that kept us safe yeah Mm -hmm. i i know that that's worked well for us in the past Mm -hmm. and we don't need to do that anymore yes yeah shedding that shedding what doesn't serve any longer and having that picture, I remember when you told me that you could talk to an actual picture of yourself and look at a picture of yourself and say, would I say this to this child? Yeah. You brought me to tears with that. And I think that that's something important to put up is put that picture of yourself as a child on your bathroom mirror and practice that kindness and that gentleness with her because then you'll start to feel that as well. So. And it's so much easier said than done as far as like, with all the things that don't serve us, like I feel like it's such mm-hmm. a. Well, that's why I say put the picture up so you have a visual cue because sometimes you need more stimulation than just like, oh, the good adage and the good information that I was told was do this. And I'm like, how mm-hmm. the fuck do I do that? Yeah. I can't do that shit. You want to play imagination? Like, I don't mm-hmm. have an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, to your point, and certainly the child part of us, I have a picture now on my refrigerator of a 24 year old me. And so really talking to her with kindness and love, recognizing where a lot of that shame and guilt came from for myself is to be able to look at her, her, you know, her young, beautiful, scared face and be like, Hey babe, like you got this, like you came so far. Like now that picture is, you know, 25 years ago and really being able to kind of have a gentle accepting space. So I love that. Guys, that's our time. (laughs) Thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it.
Dear X to the Zenial, the letter X, the number two, T-H-E-X-E-N and I-A-L. You can find us at X to the Zenial um, underscore podcast on Instagram, Luna-X2-LLC on Facebook, and X to the Zenial at gmail.com. If you would like to come on the podcast, if you have any questions, definitely hit us up. We are still working on doing lives. We have not gotten to the place of doing video, but we will get there. there. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we are like three months into our goal. We've had guests. We've had great podcasts. Thank you so much to people who have given us feedback. Um, We are still working on the sound thing, but hopefully that was better this time. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.